this is Alley Cat. Meow. And you're listening to Wrestling Cheers. Taking your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, even if you wear a lucha mask. This is Wrestling Cheers. We'd like to talk about things going on Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is another AIW fan discussion episode. I am your host, Justin Summers, and Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by the Trending Topics Network and Midwest Territory. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers, Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers, and Instagram.com slash WrestlingCheers. Email, if you so choose a desire, WrestlingCheers at gmail.com, and we have the merch store over at WhatAManeuver.net. Like I said, this is another AIW fan discussion episode. And we're going to get right into it. First, we have making his return to the show. We have Will. Hey, what's going on, man? It's, uh, it's been a while. It's it has been a while. Uh, it's it hasn't been that long, like in a bigger picture. But last time I was at a show seems very long ago. Yeah, I'm trying to even remember when mine was, and it's uh, man, it's been a while. I think it was early, late February, late February or March. I think the last one for me was built to last. Not built to last. Um, uh, hey, yo. Uh, yeah, that was probably mine as well. Was your was the Cleveland NXT show you went to? Was that after? Oh, I I always forget about that because actually I was going through photos not too long and I was like, oh, the NXT show was my last show. But I'm thinking, yeah, and, that and, was that was our last show as well. And I think ours was either the, I think ours was the night before yours. It was. Because I remember us, I think, <clears throat> talking like about certain matches that were on the card. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I wanted to see if they ran the same, if they ran the same card or if they mixed it up. Because it was like, I think it was literally the very next night. The, yeah. That's one thing I've always liked about NXT. They will do a little bit of mixing up. So it's not like, oh, okay, you heard what happened at the other show. So that's what's going to happen here. So they mix it up somewhat. So that's one thing I, like I said, I absolutely love about the, but yeah, NXT was the last. The very last show I went to, because literally that was like two weeks before everything just went to shit. Yeah. And we have making his debut here on Wrestling Cheers, a longtime fan, a longtime follower, and a dude that I kind of consider my my podcast twin or podcast listening twin, because we listen to a lot of the same shit. We have Kenny from The Mystery Man. What is happening, Justin? Hey, Will. Thank you so much for having me here on Wrestling Cheers. Like I said, man, like we, we just listen to so many of the same shows. And I know you've been following for like you even mentioned before we started recording back in the Ohio Indie Report days. And that's been God, that's been forever ago. 
Yeah, I mean, that was like, you know, being I'm in New Jersey. So that would be my way of being able to keep up with AIW through, you know, people who are live tweeting the shows because this is all pre independent wrestling TV and pre streaming and pre, you know, any of that stuff. It's like I would either read tweets from people from the show or I would go to PW Ponderings the next morning. Hopefully somebody uh, sent results in from the show and I could read about it there. Yeah, because I remember early on when I f- originally started doing this, uh, doing the live tweeting part and kind of the podcast, it was if if anybody tweeted about this show, it was it was like random people or there was there was certain people I know when they'd go to certain shows that they would tweet live tweet. So I was like, what if we, I just did it? Like I'm going to all these shows, just live tweet the results for anybody who who wants it. And I came to a point where like, yeah, that like uh, PW Ponderings would always come to us for results. Just be like, hey, can we copy your feed? I'm like, yeah, of course. Like that's that's <laughs> that's what it's there for. Just go ahead, just give us credit. And they they did always do that. Then I know after a while, uh, you'd have rep- actual people get hired for the site, and like they would go to the shows. For some some of their friends of mine, and they would submit the results, which was fine. And now we're to a point too where you don't anybody can do the results because they're they might be live on IWTV, they might be live on Fight TV. So it's we won't. We weren't as needed, but hey, I always figure t- Twitter's a free app. But if you don't want to pay for IWTV, or maybe you're not home and you can't watch it, like we can at least give you that kind of update. Yeah, absolutely. Like if I would be out, like uh, playing music or something, or going to a show, or doing, you know, basically anything else, there I would, you know, see what time it was in the night and be like, okay, cool. Let me go look up uh, some AIW results real quick. All right. Speaking of AIW, let's let's get into the show. Let's get into the questions that we've been doing for these episodes. And uh, Will, I'm going to start with you. What was your intro to AIW? I would probably have to look up the date. Uh, you probably know right offhand, but it was the uh, it was the Tennille Dashwood show. The We Have a Dilemma show, I think. Yeah, I uh, want to say it was. It was go in, ahead. I want to say that was in February. 2018 yeah i think you're right on um i had just i had just come back from deployment in february okay it's like beginning of the month and i think we went to that right after so um that sounds sounds about right um so yeah that was my first show um didn't really know anything about the roster or any of the uh anything really about the company at all we had kind of only just discovered independent wrestling in a way and uh going up there you know knowing that somebody was uh, somebody major was on the card the former wwe talent or whatever kind of you know drove that and then uh yeah i mean it was just, just got hooked from there i think that kind of goes to show you that when you do add someone like that to the card whether it be a Tennille dashwood whether it be kevin nash arn anderson that sometimes that's the hook that can get somebody like just through the door and like, yeah, they're there for that person, but you know, they could stay around a lot longer and become a become a fan. Like, granted, for you, um, you're you're not a Northeast Ohio fan. You actually live in Columbus, so to get you hooked and make have you to where you want to come up uh, all the time, which I do know you pretty much want to come up for every show. But like, obviously, things prevent you from that. But you do make out to a lot of shows, and like for that distance, that's that's pretty commendable. Yeah, usually only. Friday shows are usually the only issue, but we've also, we've been like kind of making exceptions for those lately as well. So 
um, any Saturday shows is a, is a definite Fridays are usually, usually 50, 50, just depending on, you know, how, how soon I can get out of work and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, man, that the drive, the drive up there is not that big a deal. It's always the drive home. That's kind of the pain, uh, especially, you know, some of the different venues that they run have better, uh, after parties than some of the others. So, there's been several shows that I've gone to where we've come home, you know, three, four, five o'clock in the morning, you know, just depending on how late we stay out and uh, carry on with that party. So <laughs> it, uh, it, it it gets to be a lot, but uh, we, we've definitely we've definitely come to enjoy it. That's for sure. All right, Kenny. Uh, what was your introduction to AIW? Uh, that would be National Pro Wrestling Day. 2013 that Chikara organized as a two-day event, or actually not a two-day, a two-show event. They had an afternoon show and an evening show, and they invited independent uh, companies from all over the country to represent, and AIW was a part of that. They brought in uh, Ethan Page with Silesia Sparks to wrestle Josh Prohibition. Or I'm not sorry, not Josh Prohibition, <laughs> Josh Alexander. My bad. Um, and so they got, uh, so they had a, a great match, and I remember being like, "Oh, that was really, really good." Uh, let me let me get into this company because I was already a big Jakar fan and getting their DVDs through Smartmark Video, and then I saw AIW was distributed through Smartmark Video. I was like, "Oh, that's that company I really liked from the other day." So I started sort of checking them out through that. I almost went to that show. All like almost, almost. The only thing that prevented me, like I was gonna go with a bunch of friends, but uh, I lost my job right before that. Like, granted, like the show was free, but like I didn't have money for uh, sure put, put in for the hotel. I didn't have money for food. I didn't have money uh, for gas and all that kind of stuff. Like a, right. a while later, like we all talked about it, and they were like, "Yeah." we would have, we thought about it. We probably would have like, if you would have mentioned like, this was why and all this kind of stuff, we probably would have just paid for you to come because it's, it's, it was better than like finding another option, like finding someone else to, to come in. And we were uh, all like great friends at that time. So yeah, I so almost went to that. And I do believe that match, at least at one point, I know it was on AIW's YouTube page. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure if it's still up there, but I know the full shows are definitely available via uh, Smartmark Video or Smartmark uh, SMVOD.com. Not sponsored. Okay. <laughs> now for for you two, the, the the big link is because like pretty much everybody this month is going to have some sort of link that connects them, and it's the fact that you two are both out of market AIW fans. Whether it be you know Will's in Columbus, Kenny, you're in New Jersey, so it's it's harder for you guys to get out there now kenny we already kind of got the answer from will of what his first show was what was technically that's not your first aiw show right match so what what actually was your first aiw show because i know you've been to at least one yes um i went to so let's see so national pro wrestling day that year was in february in 2013 Mm -hmm. so the first dvds i bought were JLIT 2013 that year. And then once, so JLIT 2013 was my jumping point of like following the product. And then I would get the DVDs monthly. And then my first show was a couple years later, ended up being Double Dare 2016 night one. 
Um, it happened to be, it was a Friday show that happened to fall on the same weekend as my uh, cousin's wedding anniversary, who live in St. Louis, Missouri. So um, it was decided that uh, other members of my family weren't going to go, but I was still going to be able to make it and represent the Jersey clan of people. So I left Jersey Friday morning, drove to Cleveland, saw uh, Double Dare Night One, and then after the show, drove to Columbus next day, woke up from Columbus and drove to St. Louis. And then went, you know, did the thing in St. Louis and then went back to Cleveland or back to Columbus, stayed over and then went back to Jersey that weekend. So it was a pretty crazy day. But uh, Double Dare 2016 night one was my first live experience of uh, AIW. And it was really cool to be in the gym at Mount Carmel, like, okay, this is just like, this is the gym. This is like where it happens. It's like the normal type of thing. No, it's not like all that big a deal to people who be there all the time. But I walked in there geeked out like, oh, there's those blue and yellow curtains. Oh, there's that giant <laughs> picture of the tiger. Oh, there's the big, like the entrance way of the big AIW letters. Like there's all of it. Like in, you know, I just, I just was all geeked out when I just walked into the room itself. I was like, ah, oh, this is this place where I've been seeing on TV forever, you know, on DVDs or whatever. So I finally get to actually see a show. So it was a lot of fun. It seems like Double Dare Weekend was a jumping off for a lot of people because uh, you're the like third person I think that's mentioned Double Dare Weekend. You were you were day one, and uh, I do want to say Pat was night two, and there was someone else that I that I know mentioned that as a, maybe an early on show, uh, and that's just I think it was 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 it Rick from UXWA? Might have been UXWA Rick. Yeah, I think he's. I think I was listening to the tell his episode, and uh, I think he said his first show was that night. I was like, oh, cool. So I'll try not to tell all the same stories. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody is going to have their own perspective on it. And I think uh, uh, it, it's really cool because that, I don't know, I don't feel like that was like a, a hardcore special show. Like granted, like they were, we were tagging new tag team champions. It was two days. It did have crime time. It did have the headhunters. But like for me, when I think of a lot of the bigger shows, I think of, you know, when, when the young bucks came in, I think of a lot of the absolutions, a lot of the hell on earth. Um, people like that where it's just like oh my god like we're gonna get the like this big deal here and that i mean when i kind of look back yeah it was star started but i always forget about it but it was had a lot of people coming to it and that yeah to me it didn't seem like a regular aiw show because a lot of the current folks who were involved weren't on that show because it was a special tournament with you know outsiders like uh massage force and uh, the FBI hot off of um, the World Series that year. Yep. Um, you know, Bro Sauce was on that show. This is free <laughs> Matt Riddle schism. You know, it was Bro Sauce versus uh, who, who are now known as Proud and Powerful on Wednesday night. So it's a pretty, uh, pretty crazy show. Also, the Carnies were at that show, too. That was uh, who went up against the FBI, which I don't I don't remember if they were Team IOU or the Car. I think that was. It was literally it was right at the transition because yeah. he they were announced and advertised as Team IOU, but I remember Steve Guy saying that um, you know Carrie had said to him before he says when you announce us can you announce us as Team IOU the Carnies um, and it was when they were beginning to make that transition of the name change. All right, let's move on to the next question. 
Will, what stuck out about that show for you, especially with just starting getting into independent wrestling and this is your first AIW show with no expectations whatsoever? Uh, I think mostly it was the it was probably just the talent involved, uh, the entire roster from from top to bottom. There was, you know, obviously a lot of, of really talented people on on the roster at the time, still most of them uh, still there and some of them have moved on. But um, yeah, just just being amazed with some of the people. And it's like, man, this is a lot of this is a lot of talent up here. Uh, there were some really good matches and uh, it was just that and the you know the crowd obviously the crowd was was really into it so that was good to see and it seemed like it was something that you kind of discover for the first time but you you realize that a lot of people have known for a really long time so you're kind of like in that weird space of like all these even just listening to you guys just a minute ago you know ramble on all the stuff that was seven years ago it's like you you kind of you kind of feel out of the loop but you're also like I know what they're talking about at the same time. So it was kind of like, you know, similar feeling and some, uh, I believe, uh, Joey Janela was there that night and, you know, obviously we had seen him on some other stuff and, uh, you know, just talking to him and, and, uh, just asking him some questions about stuff that we had seen some other places we had seen him and stuff like that. So, uh, just, just the, you know, the overall atmosphere, which I feel like is present at all their shows. I think, um, it doesn't matter like how long you've necessarily been a fan. I know for like I've I've talked about a lot of me coming in in 2011, but I know there's people like before me and after me. And I think as long as like you're here uh, and you are a fan, like that that's all that matters is because we've talked about this before. Like the AIW fans, we're we're like a community, we're like a family, whichever whichever you prefer to look at it as. Is I think that's what we are, and I. I'm always happy to see new people come in because it's like you get to experience what I've been seeing for a long time. And I think more people should have their eyes on it. And I think there's definitely more people that should have their eyes on it within Northeast Ohio, because I think, you know, if Quicken Loans Arena can sell out for, you know, WWE, why can't we get like more people coming in? Like, granted, this is like me nitpicking fans. I just had this conversation with somebody recently and I'm like, that's why I, I always I'm always trying to promote a lot of AIW stuff, and I even have friends who recently turned on AEW, and you know, with no independent background, they're like, "Oh my god, you know, I like I like all these guys. I like this person, I like this person." I'm like, "Well, you see Joey Janelli, see Britt Baker, you see Marco Stunt, you see like a lot of these people. Guess what? They were they were in AIW. I've met them. They're 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 cool people. Like you, if you can come and see these people firsthand, and it's not like oh, I, it's really cool." But as I'm like, I'm, I'm not saying I'm cooler than other people. It's like, hey, like experience this, like help support these people. And then you can have these stories, too. And it's, I don't know, because like I don't as much as I love football, I don't really get to experience watching a lot of people go from, you know, high school to college to the pros. But it, it just it feels different with independent wrestling. But that's that's just me. And honestly, you saw a excellent show for your first show, Will. Um, I just want to run down the talent real quick so everybody has an idea of what's going on. We're talking Jock Sampson versus Mance Warner. Hell of a contest. You got a four-way between Calvin Tankman, Lewis Linden, Tim Donst, and Matthew Justice. I want to say that was uh, Calvin Tankman's actual debut in AEW. Was that his debut? Because I thought he was on a uh, a bar show in Mentor before that. Was it but him? I don't know. Or, if was it, it him or, big, or after that? Was it him or Big Mo? Ooh, 
that's a good question. I want to say remember, that, but I want to say that was Calvin Tankman's debut. If Caden was here, he could tell us. But I remember, yeah. he, I remember when he debuted, Caden freaking out because I didn't know as much about Tankman then, and right. I remember it being at Mount Carmel. I don't remember it being at Men Are on the Lake. Gotcha. See, I only know Calvin Tankman through AIW, and I'm so glad he's starting to get like some more shine now because he's super talented, and I'm super psyched about that. Um, for the rest of the show, we got uh, AEW superstar Maxwell Jacob Friedman versus uh, his stepdad, Colt Cabana. Oh. Uh, you got Tom, I think that was Tom the Waller, sh- Dom Guarini. I think that was the show that the the – the paternity test happened. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So. so there you go. So that's brilliant. Like that was so funny. You got a four way tag young studs uh, versus Philly Marino versus the boys from Jollyville versus infinity and beyond. That's like your solid four way. Here's how awesome our tag team division is followed up with uh, Carson and Rockingham versus twins, PB smooth and swoggle. Uh, <laughs> here's go ahead. No, I was just laughing because they're just going back to twins. Oh, yeah, it's a circus. And then here's here's where I'm super jealous, Will. You got to see Magnum CK wrestle in person, which I never did. It was the production of Derek Director, Donovan Danhau- Danhausen, Eddie Only, Frankie Flynn, and Magnum CK, like height of their powers production versus no consequences of AJ Gray, Chase Oliver, Garrison, Gary the King Baller, <laughs> uh, Josh Bishop, Trey Lamar. Like, that's a, that's a ridiculous match right there. Yeah, Britt Baker, Tennille Dashwood, the aforementioned bad boy from uh, an area very close to me, Joe Janela, taking on DJZ. Uh, and if all of that wasn't the best, you got yourself Nick Cage versus Tracy, Hot Sauce Tracy Williams. So that was just, I remember when that show happened, I was super psyched. And I remember getting the MP4 like the day it dropped because I couldn't wait to watch that show. So you got a good one, your first one, Will. Yeah, just even hearing you break it down is like bringing back memories of, of what it felt like, you know, being there. And like a, like a lot of cool things happen, like the things that I mentioned. Uh, and then also that Mance versus Chalk match was the beginning of Duke money afterwards. So like you got to witness a lot of that or at least uh, that uh, version of Duke money. So yeah, that's a, that was a pretty solid show. We were starting that year up and I, cause I do want to say that was a year that they took or was that the year they did not take January off. Was that the year of no, they, uh, yeah, that was death row. Yeah, death row the month January. beforehand. Yeah. They were like, oh, Ray Rose, Ray Rose going to leave town, so he's going to have one last match. And then, so that was uh, that was January 19th, so there was, uh, we've got a dilemma, was five weeks later on the 23rd. All right, Kenny, what stuck out about, we'll do this a little bit uh, different for you. All, like, what stuck out about the shows when you were watching them, and then, like, obviously, like, at home, MP4, uh, DVD, whatever it may be, and what stuck out when you actually got there? Well, like watching, going back to JLit 2013, I saw that they were, like AW was booking a lot of people that I was familiar with already, like Tim Donst, uh, I believe Ultramantis Black was in the show. Um, just they were booking lots of people that I was already familiar with, and then were also showcasing people that I knew but didn't get to see all that often, like Josh Prohibition or M-Dog, um, Ethan Page, Josh Alexander. Um, 
a bunch of people who've been retconned, um, you know, stuff like that. So it was always cool to see, like it was, you could tell it was hard nosed. You could tell it was, you know, the traditional classic independent, grimy, hard nosed, action packed, independent wrestling show. Um, and then finally getting to, so like I saw sort of the end of the Turner's Hall era and then most of the Mount Carmel shows and, or basically all of the Mount Carmel shows. And that was sort of the room kind of like how the Odeon is now. It's like, that's when you see an AIW show, you're going to see, you know, the giant poster of the tiger. You're going to see those blue and yellow curtains. Like you're going to see, uh, you know, all of that stuff that went in there, like the pads on the one side of the wall behind where the merch is and stuff and long live the tigers and all that stuff. Like it's just the first time walking into that room and just looking around being like, Whoa, like this is the building I've been watching these shows on for so long. So it was just cool to be, you know, part of the vibe and part of the attitude and just, um, just the fans reacting to everybody being cool and just the, the, it's different. Different. It's a similar type of vibe, but a different type of vibe from indie shows that I'm used to going to in like the New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia area. What are the crowds like there? Well, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's more. I mean, the Chicago Wrestle Factory is pretty mellow. It's you know the same folks that get together on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, you know, family friendly, of course. Uh, it's good little community. I miss all those folks. Looking forward to being able to see shows again there. But then, uh, you know, on the flip side of that would be the Rahway Rec Center, uh, famous building that, you know, has been a wrestling building for years. It's in the movie The Wrestler. Um, old ROH shows happen there, uh, where I saw most of our boy Nick Stapp grow up as the abominable CPA. Uh, I've seen a ton of his to see him being a part of the AIW roster is awesome. Cause I've seen most of his shows, uh, most of his, you know, career from, you know, wrestle pro in Rahway there where it's just pretty, it's pretty East coast. It's pretty spread out. Everybody's like, you know, show me all the stuff. Now I want to do the stuff. And it's very, I don't know. It's, it's the Rahway crowds are a little more stiff, but a little more, uh, I'd say unforgiving almost like they want to see stuff and they want it to be really good. And if it's not, they're going to, not be so uh nice about it whereas i feel like when like the aiw when the aiw debuts a new talent the crowd's gonna at least give them a chance to like find their way or do something to be cool with it they're not just gonna see the guy do three moves and then immediately decide he's the worst ever and then not care you know what i mean yeah i always go back to the debut of josh alexander because that was the one I remember not was much was known about him. And I remember when he came out, I, I swear there was no reaction because we, we just didn't know how to react. But when he won that match, we all reacted and we all were into Josh Alexander. Uh, and then when I, I come to think about it, like I've only been to one show out uh, out on the East Coast, and that was House of Hardcore back in 2016, I want to say. It was the, the first like wrestling convention that they were doing at the the arena the house of hardcore oh, was, okay. like, was doing and it was like the night night two of like two shows but the first one was like actually i think in new york and then the, the night two was the house of hardcore show there other than that like i know i want to get out there i want to go see like create a pro i want to see chikara um i think those are like the top two on my list but granted i know there's like 
a bunch of other companies, but I hear a lot about those two the most. Chikara just like by by history, like I've seen Chikara Cleveland, but I've never seen Chikara there, like where it's supposed to be. Yeah, like I would imagine, you know, fans out of town, fans who've been following Chikara over the past couple years, you know, their first time going to the Wrestle Factory would be like, whoa, like this is cool, like there's all the flags and there's the honeycomb and like here's where it all happens, you know, that same kind of feeling. So. Um, that's, it's a really great spot. Uh, I highly recommend, uh, highly recommend the Wrestle Factory for folks who are interested in making the trip. So, and Creative Pro being, it's, it's funny, like being where I'm at in New Jersey, it's literally easier for me to get to Ohio than it is for me to get to Long Island for a Creative Pro show. Um, which sounds weird, but it's just the way, uh, it's just the way it works. It's easy to just drive you know, west as opposed to hopping over three bridges and sitting in traffic and having to take almost the same amount of time as it would for me to drive to Akron. So, uh, but when those creative pro crats can make their way across the river to Rahway, New Jersey, and, uh, those are like usually the bigger shows cause that room is really big. Um, they, uh, they definitely are able to do some great stuff. Like VSK is being used as a top guy now, uh, which is great. And so he's being able to showcase a lot more good stuff and a lot more stuff that he's doing. So, all right, let's move on to the next question Great to see those long Islanders make an impact. Definitely. All right. Well, what was your first impression of the show as a whole? Uh, I mean, it was amazing. And I mean, we just, we pretty much just ran down the card. It's hard to, even if you weren't there or you've never even watched it, just reading that card is like, Hey, this had to have been a good show, you know, just based off the names that are being listed, the matches uh, that were listed. You, you don't even have to have ever watched it to know that that was good. So um, that was really good. I think if I remember correctly, this is kind of funny. We went to the after party, um, which was like just down the street from there. So the place that makes the snow cones kind of circus theme. I, I'm drawing oh, a blank the, on the, the name, but say again. The fun house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, we went there, but we, we didn't know anyone at the time. You know, we've since then met a, a lot of friends by going to AIW shows, but at the time we didn't know anybody and we didn't know, you know, stuff like that. So we went, hung out for a little bit after, but not anything too crazy. Nothing, nothing like we do now, that's for sure. But, uh, you know, just hanging around, being in that environment and then, then having that after party there's like a, a they do a lot of shows where they have an after party after which i've always kind of thought was really cool and a good opportunity to like meet people you know it's it's sometimes difficult at the shows because obviously you're there to watch the show so sometimes you might might not get that time to catch up with people and stuff like that so the after parties kind of give you that opportunity to branch out and meet some of those people that you saw at the show or that you've seen at several shows and just never spoken to and stuff like that so uh, that's that's kind of a cool aspect that sometimes gets uh, maybe overlooked a little bit. Cause I, I don't know what I don't know what the attendance is like for the after parties, you know, all the time. But you know, usually there's a decent amount of people there, and it's always a good time. So yeah, I mean that's that's really it. Just it was a great show. I, I there were some there were some members of the roster that I automatically gravitated towards, and you know as as shows as I progressed going to more and more shows, there were more and more people that I was, I was comfortable meeting and talking to and stuff like that as far as the talent. And now they've, they've grown into people that I talk to, you know, on a regular basis, some of them and others, you know, I see at other shows all over the place, 
and you know we have that connection as well from you know hey i've used to seeing you here all the time now you know we're seeing you here and we're here and we're there and we're all over the place you know seeing some of the same talent and they recognize us and we recognize them and stuff like that so just building that that connection with fans and wrestlers you know involved with aiw has been really cool yeah come to think about it kind of makes me miss going to shows at least going to like different shows because you've been trying to get me go to a, a show in columbus for a while and i think i i really think like it was going to be this summer if everything went right because i was waiting for righteous jesse and the struggles because we were all going to like meet up at a show because supposedly they were going to be going and with all all this shit it's like ah shit that fun little like meetup we were potentially going to do definitely probably not happening now yeah, we don't we don't even have to get into the list of things that have been canceled since March that are depressing because this will be a extremely long episode and I'll I'll probably cry before it's over. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kenny, what was your first impression uh both watching it and being at the show? I just love the blend of hard-nosed independent wrestling in a definitely like you know, seeing those Turner Turner's Hall shows, it's just like we are literally doing the best we can with what we have, and having it seeing you know top flight independent talent come in to mix up with homegrown talent to also have well written you know angles that you can follow from show to show that makes sense. Um, the blending in of comedy, like you know, seeing Cole Cabana do his thing and seeing Tracy Smothers do his thing and then Kikutaro and uh and Swaggle and all that kind of stuff. Like it's just a great blend of everything that I want to see in a, in an independent wrestling show where it's you know, you have your established people, you have your homegrown talent, you have your blends of, you know, high flyers as well as bruisers, as well as just impressive, great wrestling. It's something that was said when Rick was on that pretty much like anything you want, AIW has it one way or another. And that's, I think, one reason why we, I would like to see more done. And I think I never even thought about it too, but you had mentioned like, you know, back in the Turner's Hall days, like they were, you know, doing with the best with what they could because there was a lot of potential in everything, but it took, it took more eyes being on them. And I remember, uh, Kevin Steen coming into AIW was a huge boost for AIW, brought more people and even to the point of you watch that like last year in Turner's Hall, attendance just got crazy. Even the last Turner's Hall show, uh, Hell on Earth 10, that place was packed. But if you go back to like that first gauntlet that was the first show there, it's like a quarter of that. I mean, granted, there was even a lot of people there, but like some of those kind of trickled away a little bit after that. But still, uh, always doing the best. There's, I know there was other things that like helped them give them a tick up of just, all right, this is this is going to create a, more people coming in and a more buzz and all that kind of stuff. Even to the point of, you know, when we went from Turner's Hall to Mount Carmel, like that was a huge upgrade of like, like I said, with you know, with that Hell on Earth being so packed, and we got to the point of at that last Hell on Earth for uh, Mount Carmel, it was the same story, just packed and. Uh, I I love where we're at now with the Agora because or not the Agora the Odeon the uh, so many so many like cool shots that have now been taken there because of just that atmosphere whether it be you know Matt Justice and Josh Bishop and that whole thing or just 
the, the just the, the visuals that actually makes AIW feel almost like ECW. It definitely has that like darker nightclub, uh, you know, spotlight style atmosphere versus your traditional like Rahway Rec Center or like the Mount Carmel Gym type of type of look, or even um, what was it, the Brook Park Sports Center? Or what's there's that massive building that AIW recently packed uh, within the last year has like those stripes against the wall. I think it was like around May of last year. I'm not sure that I different looking, but the Odeon is definitely awesome. Like I can totally understand how it's like, you know, the become the place to see AIW shows because of the way the look and the feel and the style blends in with like the attitude of the crowd. Who's there to have a good time and see some, see some, you know, intense wrestling action. Are you talking about Guido's? No, Guido's Beer Bash was a smaller brewery. I think you're talking Hell on Earth, which Golden was... Horn, brother. Golden Horn, what? Gold Horn. <laughs> Gold Horn, my bad. Um, <laughs> it was Hell on Earth that was at in like the Brook Park Rec Center, I want to say. And, yeah. And then end of 2019 or 2018 was Welcome to the Party Pal, which I was at Ohio Nets, also a bigger venue, and we didn't even get that whole area but we got enough of it where there's just there was it's one of the few times in the past couple years where there was so much room for merch that i like because i know at mount carmel there was so many people there and like trying to get from like one merch table to the next was just like directing traffic so i always Mm -hmm. i always want there to be enough room for merch so people can walk around buy stuff and you know give all their money to the wrestlers instead of you know trying to make it to the next table or trying to make do it all the many stops as they can, but instead getting held up because there's just too many people. Yeah. And I know that's the sort of the situation with the Winchester, but like the Winchester looks awesome. Um, uh, video afterwards. And, uh, I can, I can imagine that replacing the, um, like the mentor shows, but, uh, you know, it seems like even the Winchester on a, on like a Thursday is a, uh, is going to be a packed house no matter who's on the show for AIW. What's the, uh, what's the venue in Akron? Tadmore Shrine. Yeah, that's actually, that's actually one of my favorite venues just for the, just for the space reason alone. Cause it just feels more, it feels more open and brighter in there. And I, I mean, I, I love going to the Odeon, don't get me wrong, but sometimes, sometimes when you're in the Odeon, if you need to get up to get a beer or to go to the restroom to, fucking forget about it you know it's like sometimes i'll just sit there and not even not even get another one because it's like i don't it's just so it's just too much you know it's so it people are so packed in there that it's like just sit here and watch the wrestling i'll I'll do without a beer without having to you know step through 75 people just to just to get up there or i feel like at 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 the tadmore it's like a little more open, you know, like you mentioned about merch tables and stuff like that set up in a, in a decent manner. And also like there's this, there's this thing about independent wrestling, as we all know, where every show has to have, you know, one, two, three, four crowd spots. And there are times where I'm like, you know, maybe you should just maybe you should just not do that tonight. You know, that's so crowded in here. Maybe just maybe not tonight. It's, it's not the night for it. Uh, but it seems to always happen. And it's just, man, it's so chaos. Like, it, you know, once this crowd spot happens and then you're trying to, like, get back to that spot, 
you know, that you had because you, obviously your, your chair and stuff may no longer exist. Um, but just getting back to that spot, you know, is, is always kind of a difficult thing. So I like the more open, like spacious venue, you know, with the, you know, let there be an empty space. That's fine. You know, it just feels more breathing room, you know, it, like going back to even, Hey, yo, God, that thing was, which great. I, I love Akron venue too, also because it's really close to me. But the fact of like that line for Scott Hall, me trying to get around that place so difficult and like i feel bad for anybody that had to wait in line for scott hall because like i got i got my picture and everything uh, the last time he was there so i didn't want to you know get in line and then like i know so many people where i watched them walk in like right before the first uh exhibition match and then they were all like by the door and they got to scott hall like maybe right before the last pre-show match ended I was like, jeez, this is nuts. Yeah, that always kind of bo- that always kind of bothers me too. It's just like I don't I don't know. I don't know how you you know how you get around that whether it's open and earlier, you know, how you get a- around that whole thing. I know in the past they've done things where like they'll stop it and then they'll restart it during intermission or something like that, but I you know for a show to start late because so many people are in line for autographs of someone that's not on the show. That's kind of always that that's one thing that's kind of always bothered me. Cause you know, obviously we talked about my drive and my commute to come up there and it's like, bro, I don't want to, I don't want to be here till one o'clock in the morning because the, the line for autographs, you know, delayed the show by 45 minutes. And it, yeah, that's, that's me being selfish, obviously. But, um, that's just one thing that's kind of always like, I, I, I don't like this. Dude, there was one point in AIW history where there were shows that would end after midnight. But granted, there wasn't a lot of after parties at that time. Because I even think going back to like my first show, I think ended after midnight. And I know I know there was many more. I think there was like an absol- a couple absolutions that ran pretty long. But now with a lot of the, you know, the... the technology they've been using with headsets and everything and trying to keep everything you know tight to where they they can end the show at a decent time and then they have the after party so people can you know spend money there and and all that kind of stuff and have uh, enough time to be there instead of like all right you know you're there for maybe an hour so yeah the way things have changed in aiw i always forget about that there was a a long era there wasn't an after party at all and now it's rare to find the show that doesn't. All right, let's move on to the next question. Will, who was the first friend you made at a show? Oh, man. Um, is it, would it, does it count if it's someone you semi knew before you went or no? I think when I originally had this question down, it is more for like local fans because obviously, like, most people were coming to shows almost continuously afterwards. So you would you would end up sitting close to some of the same people and all that kind of stuff, or maybe you would see them on Twitter and then like you you would become friends there. I would say like with this question, it's basically who didn't you know going into AIW but began a friendship in one form or another afterwards? I to be honest with you, the only and I and I don't want this to slide anybody in any way, but the only people that the only people from like AIW crowd that I consistently talk to that I think I would consider like friends, if that 
I mean, I talk, there's some people I talk to on Twitter, but not like on a consistent basis, but, um, it's probably just you and Stacy. So if that is the answer we're looking for, that's probably <laughs> my answer. Um, so I, I talk to you guys, you know, a little more consistently and especially in person and stuff like that after parties or intermission stuff like that. So I don't know that, I, I don't know that I would say I have a ton of friends there, but there's people I know that I, you know, Hey, how's it going? How you been? Stuff like that. You know, whenever, uh, whenever we walk in the building or intermission or if they're walking by, I'm going this way, they're going that way. Hey, how's it going? You know, exchange pleasantries and stuff like that. We know each other, you know, but I wouldn't be like, ah, oh, this, this is my friend. So-and-so, um, but talk to you guys, obviously on a more consistent basis and, you know, always look forward to coming to show just to have that interaction, knowing that I'm going to see you guys and be able to, you know, talk about either the last show or, you know, other shows coming up. Maybe it's, maybe we're talking during intermission and half the show's already gone off. So we kind of talk about some of the stuff that's already happened, maybe stuff that's to come, you know, the second half of the show and stuff like that. So, um, you know, those are, those are probably my, probably my answers. If that's makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. I mean, I think for you, it's because, Maybe because you aren't local and you aren't coming to every show, but I know there's probably enough people that actually know who you are one way or another. Because I, I think I kind of remember when you guys started coming before we, we first officially met because like just being in the same, uh, especially like at Mount Carmel, being in that hallway and just a lot of people talking and everything in that, uh, it's just in that hallway, that stairway. Yeah. And, and actually going back, I think one of the, one of the early people, um, that I really talked to, you know, about just hearing their stuff was Caden. Obviously, he's kind of the the AIW representative. Uh, he's also come down to Columbus a couple times for for some local shows here. So, you know, we've we've chatted up, you know, here and there as well. So, I think that was one of the first people. And and actually, my my friend from Virginia, uh, Dan, had actually come up to that Daniel show as well. And I had known him from Twitter, but I, I had never met him. And he had actually drove up from Virginia for that show specifically. And uh, I got to meet him and we, we chatted up a little bit there. And we've actually become, you know, really good friends since then. So that was kind of that was kind of an interesting, you know, uh, friendship or meeting or however you want to call it. But uh, that's that's just something that happened there as well. I love hearing stories like that because I've had my fair share of like becoming friends with people on online one way or another. And a lot of them, a lot of them were through podcasts. And like, there was uh, one friend of mine who I had known a, a long time. We had done like some, like a couple different podcasts together, but we didn't meet each other face to face until his wedding day. Cause he lived in, uh, that's a little bit south of Rochester uh, and invited me up because like, that's not a horrible, horrible drive. It wasn't a drive that I would do to like, Oh, let's go hang out. But it's like, Hey, I'm getting married. Do you want to come up? It's like, Oh, of course that's a, that's a special day. I'd love to be there. So I didn't meet him until his wedding day. And there's other people that when I went down to WrestleMania in Orlando, that people that I've you know done podcasts with, and we kind of like had like a little tailgate together. And like, that was like, crazy these people that i had known for years so many like wrestling conversations with and like here we are sitting outside of wrestling like having co- the same conversations but face to face all right kenny um a little bit a little bit harder for you uh 
No, it's okay. I got a, I got a bunch of them actually, oh, um, which speaks well to the uh, to the AIW community. I mean, I went out to you know Double Dare 2016, and uh, the first person who I actually really had a chat with about anything was honestly Biggins. Um, you know, Biggins would run the front door, and this was around the time that uh, they had just recently started the card is going to change and told the story about how Kalisto no showed them over a $40 bus ticket or something. And so I just, we had a fun little chat about that and that started me basically tormenting Kalisto at any live event I went to with like signs or tweets saying Kalisto owes AIW 40 bucks. Um, it was a really funny rib until I went to a SmackDown house show that was it was on Halloween and uh, let's see who was on the show Brian Myers, Dolph Ziggler, Dana Brooke, uh, Bray Wyatt, you know lots lots of uh, Ma- Michael Mizanin was on the show so lots of lots of Cleveland uh, luminaries on that one and I made a sign and it was a SmackDown house show on a Monday night it said Kalisto owes AIW forty bucks and like I wore my Brian Myers hat because this was during his hot indie run. And I think during his match, he sort of could see that I was wearing the hat and trying to like recognize like where he would know me from when he would be on the apron or something. Like, why is this guy in Trenton, New Jersey, waving the sign about Kalisto owing AIW and Indie Fed in Cleveland 40 bucks? And then a couple weeks later, uh, after that show on the podcast, uh, Thorne came out and said that Kalisto's $40 Greyhound Superbus ticket uh, debt was purchased by an unnamed WWE superstar and that uh, he's no longer on the red on the register for $40. So uh, that was pretty funny. And then a few years later, I happened to recognize, I went to a show presented by the Lehigh Valley athletic commission at Sokol's lounge under the let's hang out banner. It was their uh, Halloween party, and the dudes from uh, Pod Van Dam drove out with Weird Body, who was on the show. And so, uh, it being a Halloween show, I was in like a long hooded black, you know, Undertaker Druid robe with a La Parka mask. And uh, so, I'm in the full getup, waiting online to get into the show. And I see the Pod Van Dam guys are like two or three people in front of me. And so I was like, oh, let me go walk up and say hey to the Pod Van Dam dudes. And it turns out that they were doing like a quick Twitter video or like an Instagram live or something. And they were like, we totally didn't. Like they were trying to get me in the background in the gimmick. And then when I walked up to them, they'd be like, oh, hey, it's Pod Van Dam. They were like, ah, that was so not a gimmick. We have no idea who this guy is. Ah. So it was a crazy moment for those dudes. And then, uh, you know, that would say, you know, those would be, uh, you know, when I followed back up with them uh, the next month and came out to 200 at the aforementioned Tadmore Shrine, a venue I personally thoroughly enjoyed as well. Um, that was when I got to meet a bunch more folks, and that's where I met you, Justin, for the first time. Uh, and we bonded over our mutual admiration for our baby girl, Nick Stepp. Uh, this one's for me and you, Pod Van Dam. Never heard of him. Send me a tape. <laughs> Never heard of him. Don't worry, Pod Van Dam. That wasn't a shot at you. That's more of a reference to uh, Off the Hop Rope that both Kenny and I both support and have both given them beer. Never heard of him. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Who'd they ever beat? In the- Top shelf Troy Nelson with the hops and the pop. 
Yeah, it's hilarious. So that's funny. Yeah, I think I, I told them if, another quick off the hop rope bit. I told them to make a shirt of the mail truck and replace the U.S. Eagle with the circular off the hop rope logo. And I said, if you you would make the shirt, you would at least have me, and you would have Justin Summers buy one. You'd you'd sell at least two of them. <laughs> I I always take uh. Uh, kind of offense to like mail truck because I'm like I'm not in the mail truck I'm in a semi truck there's a difference sure <laughs> that's funny I definitely listen to it more when I'm in the car as well but I always just think it's funny that like eh, if you're watching in a mail truck I just it's turned into a bit at this point they should just put it on a shirt you know like full arm dragon twist or something uh, before we go too far off the little thing I will mention is like it like they're all in the uh, major wrestling figure podcast Patreon uh, Facebook group. And like right. any anytime one of them might post something about off the hop rope, which it isn't isn't a lot because they just don't promote it a lot in there, which is fine. Sure, but sure. I always you know, play with action figures, but uh, but I always make sure to comment like never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's one of Troy's. That's Troy's high spot. It's a good one. I think they definitely get they get a kick out of it every time. But I try not to be like too crazy with it because someone's gonna eventually be like, "Why are you being so dick to these guys?" I'm like, "No, like I listen." I'm, I'm I'm actual friend of the show. Besides having the show, actual like, friends of the show. Yeah, you into craft beer at all, Will? Uh, no, I would not say that's my uh, that's okay. Anything people would say about me at all? <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. That's uh, off the hop rope. They pair the perfect beer with the perfect wrestling match. Um, it's a good podcast. Check it out. Okay. No, I de- I definitely uh, <laughs> I'll definitely look into it for sure. One episode, they drank a watermelon flavored beer. Uh, called Watermelon Funk, and they paired it with two Flash Funk matches. It's out there. Lots okay. of fun. I like the, I like the concept. Uh, I'll definitely I'm writing it down now, so we'll, we'll see. <laughs> the, uh, there's also an episode where they pair. Oh, what match was that? I can't remember. Edge and Gangrel with uh, Great Lakes Brewing Company's Nosferatu. Yes, I know they definitely did Nosferatu. I don't remember the match, but I definitely remember them doing that. And then I think they're also they've either done or going to do the Christmas ale episode. They've already. Hey, we're going to do a- Christmas ale was the first Christmas. That's whenever I sure. I talked to Nick Stapp, I was like, so when I told him like, hey, sell me on on the show. That's the one episode he told me to listen to. A because he probably figured I like Great Lakes Brewing Company's Christmas ale because it's great. But then also like the conversations they have about Balls mm-hmm. Mahoney is another reason to listen to it. It's it, it like it was a great place to start. Uh, but yeah, the, oh yeah. I think even if you don't like beer, I think if you at least like CPA's humor, like it is, or now Nick Stapp, like if you at least like that, like he's he gets to do a little bit more than you would see, like obviously in a wrestling match, and like that's was one of the th- reasons that that pulled me in. I knew I knew Troy Nelson from being a referee in Chikara for years. Little did I know that him and uh, Big Scott, a.k.a. Max Smashmaster, were boys. You know, I saw so many of those matches and so many of those shows and stuff like that. And then I was like, oh, no way. I was like, CPA's got a podcast? Oh, okay. Oh, I was like, oh, and Top Shelf Troy Nelson's on it? This is going to be great. So it's a good time. It's really very entertaining. Uh, it's good to listen to the uh, the banter and them all going back and forth with all that good stuff. All right, on to the next question. Will, what do you love about AIW? Uh, I think for me, it, it's mostly the the actual in-ring stuff. Um, 
I think that probably supersedes everything else. Uh, the roster, the people that they use, whether they're coming in from outside or their their mainstays, is uh, that that's probably paramount for me. Uh, been fortunate to see some really good matches up there and some really good cards. So I I always get the I never feel like I'm coming to a show that may like even if I don't know the full card because sometimes I don't. Um, I never feel like uh, this this could potentially not be a good show. Like I always I always feel like going up. It's like I kind of know like, hey, this, this is going to be a good show. So I don't you know, I never really have to worry about that. Some some other places I go, it's not as fortunate. You know, sometimes it's like, oh, this could be good, but this could be me. But, you know, so I feel like I, that's the most important part for me. Um, the other the other aspect is probably like camaraderie and stuff like that you know catching up with you and some of the other people i know up there and just getting to see them on that monthly semi-monthly basis just catching up talking other wrestling stuff you know that kind of uh that's kind of like the off like the off twitter uh conversations that you get to have because most of the people that i talk to about wrestling are usually on twitter so going to shows and stuff and interacting with people that you know about wrestling is kind of gives you that personal aspect to it kenny what do you love about aiw uh definitely the in-ring is great and i also love the raw presentation of it like there's something to be said about it having that gritty look to it like a lot of independents these days are very polished in their presentation and i love how aiw just has that sort of little grit to it it's just it's not all shiny and it's not all spotlights and it's not all uh you know as clean as it could be for a from a presentation standpoint uh i love the the multi you know angles that go throughout the shows uh you know i mean the blend of comedy the blend of hard-nosed action it's just everybody if you want flippy guys we got that you want big guys smashing stuff we got that if you want to have you know weird off-the-wall comedy where you know Dick Justice is somehow arranged to get married to Missy Hyatt while Colonel Rob Parker's involved. Like that's going to be, that's going to happen. You know, uh, Taro is going to see Keith Cole Cabana and they're going to talk about a balloon or Tracy Smothers is going to talk for 10 minutes about, uh, wrestlers who've passed away before he goes out and does a comedy match. You know, you're not going to find that anywhere else except AIW. Uh, I, I tell people all the time, it's like, uh, I'm in a, you know, a Facebook group of, you know, wrestling fans who like to think of themselves as, you know, sort of smart and paying attention and things like that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that, oh, that guy's, oh, GCW, great. You love independent wrestling? Oh, well, they just hired like five guys that I've been watching for years in AIW, so maybe you should pay attention to the product. <laughs> like, I'm begging you to watch the product. So it's great to see. It's a great place where you can see where they're developing young talent and they're developing the stars of the future. And you can see them in that smaller, grimy, intimate environment before you see them on like an all in or a double for nothing or any of that stuff. Real quick, huge shout out to Trey Lamar, Calvin Tankman, um, and Lee Moriarty on the uh GCW announcement. I I got really pumped for those three, especially like right. a, a guy like Lee, who's big, I'm granted they all deserve it, but Lee has just has been really been a hidden gem in Pittsburgh, and now he's 
starting to shine more and more, and I, I love it. Oh, yeah. Seeing him in AIW has been great. I was lucky to see, at, you know, uh, when they took the trip out to Akron for 200, uh, seeing that Alex Shelley Moriarty match in person was incredible. Um, and seeing him blow up, he was supposed to have a, a, a one heck of a 2020, which is now going to be one heck of a 2021, but he's definitely one to watch. And another, just another name that I saw first in AIW before I saw him anywhere else. And that's another great thing to love about AIW. All right, Will. Uh, granted, haven't been this fan as long, but what is uh, your favorite yearly AIW show? Oh, man. Uh, hmm. I think for me, it was either uh, Gauntlet for the Gold or Absolution. So probably probably leaning more towards absolution. Um, I wasn't able to make it to both nights. Um, I was able to come on the, on the, I think, I think I was there for the first night, if I remember correctly. Um, so yeah, two night events you think would probably be my least favorite. Cause obviously it's hard for me to make it, uh, back to back nights, but, uh, you know, that, that just kind of had a feel. Um, I remember listening to, to your episode, your preview episode on the way up, which is typically what I do. And just hearing you guys talk about it kind of had like a, this is their WrestleMania kind of moment. Um, you know, just hearing, and that, that's strictly just from hearing you guys, you know, talk about the importance of the event and going back to some of the, the previous events, um, you know, talking about the significance and the importance and, you know, some of the big matches that have gone down in absolution history was kind of like, okay, so this is, you know, this is a big deal. You know, I've, I've, I've heard some of the show names that have, you know, happened in the, in the past, like two and a half years referred to in the past. So I know that they're kind of annual or at least reused names, but, this was the one that kind of felt like this is kind of the mainstay show or this has kind of been around for a while. So it kind of gave a little bit, you know, just maybe just having that historical, uh, that historical presence kind of gave me a little bit more, a little bit more meaning going into it, you know, kind of felt like it was just a little bit bigger deal than some of the other shows. It's, it's hard to go wrong with, with absolution every year. Cause it, like you said, it's this, this build up every single year at, I, I thoroughly enjoy it every year. Kenny, what's your favorite yearly AIW show? Uh, I'd have to go where it all started with me and I would have to say Jay Lit Weekend. Um, those were the first, uh, DVDs of AIW that I purchased. Uh, I remember buying a, uh, the first, the like front row weekend pass for 2018 and unfortunately had a death in the family and was unable to go and, uh, was unable to make it in 2019. And if they announce it, I'll probably end up going this year or whenever they announce it or whatever, because, uh, I definitely need to see, uh, I need to experience a J-Lit weekend in all of its splendor up close jaylet weekend is such an experience the fact of three shows in two days and uh you know the one year there was the the power bomb taping if you were a part of that too so i know i like i spent all day at mel carmel that day just being a part of everything and i don't regret a thing 
There was the other two, or there was the two years that we did the uh, tailgating at Mount Carmel, and those were, well, for Jailer Weekend, there was other events done, too. Uh, and when I think of tailgating, like, I always think of, like, the times at Mount Carmel. Yeah, and it's just more, that's that's a real celebratory weekend where people can come together, you know, people travel in, there's going to be, you know, uh, a tailgate before the show. There's going to be an after party the first night. There's going to be, uh, you know, the afternoon tag team tournament, the Chandler Biggins Invitational. Love it. Uh, I love that that's been the thing uh, for the past couple of years. And then you have round two Saturday night, and then you have another after party after that. It just seems like a whole big celebration of all of the joy of you know, uh, AIW and that's, I want to be able to feel that in person next time it's able to happen for sure. I loved it the most when it was always on Memorial day weekend, especially like that last year or so, because it's the Jaylet Memorial, uh, well, the JT lightning invitation Memorial tournament, it's the Chandler Biggins Memorial tag team tournament and Memorial day weekend. Like there's two shows that are memorializing somebody and it's on Memorial day weekend. It was perfect, and then some company had to screw us out of Memorial Day weekend, so it had to be moved. Right. But, uh, hey, you roll with the punches and uh, try and take it in stride and know that it's still going to be a good time no matter where it is or how it goes down. It's still going to be done right and a great showcase of not only everybody on the AIW roster, but um, some great special guests to come in uh, to come hang out with us as well. So it's really good. Uh, you know, I, I love the idea of the afternoon tag team tournament. I've been a huge fan of tag team wrestling, you know, forever. And I'm glad to see that that's like become sort of a staple. And there's a reason why it happens and the winner of the tournament gets the title shot later. Like it all just makes sense and everybody's in there. And it's a, just a, I think that's a, the, a really great move to have that be a part of it. And then you have your round two that night, you know, Saturday night, if people couldn't make it Friday, they can make it Saturday, you know, for the first show or for both shows or just the night show, whatever. But it's like, it's a great celebratory weekend of independent wrestling. You absolutely should have corrected me because I was, I was thinking of, uh, I was thinking of Jay Lit when I was thinking of the two nights, not Absolution. So that kind of, you should you should have corrected me there. I'm, I have the, it's well documented. I have like one of the worst memories of all time. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, we came to night two of of Jay Lit, but I'll still go back. You know with my original comment that absolution was what I'm talking about, but, uh, that J lit was what I was thinking about as far as, uh, you know, one and two nights. I, I, caught, yeah, it's just, I was just going to say I caught it, but I, I wasn't sure where you were going. I was like, I'll just, I'll just let it slide. Cause I think he's meaning absolution. Cause there's never been a two day absolution, but J lit weekend is like a, a huge weekend. So yeah. I caught it. I was just going to let it slide. No, no. Yeah. Feel free to correct me. I was definitely mixing the two, you know, the two important events and combining what I thought was right, which was wrong. <laughs> but I mean, that's, those are definitely the tent poles. I mean, I, I went out, uh, in 2017 for absolution after Biggins had passed. And, uh, that was just like, I felt like I needed, I needed to be there. 
it was one of those things. It was like, uh, I haven't, it was like, I only, I went to that one show on the trip to St. Louis, but now hearing that Biggins had passed away and this is more and more of me listening to the podcast, like first thing Monday morning, as soon as it's out, I'm listening to the card is going to change and like, you know, really just felt a connection with following the company for a long time. So, you know, Absolution is definitely a major one. You know, Gauntlet is a huge setup everybody loves. Uh, the rap show is always a lot of fun. You know, uh, I can see why those are, you know, the common answers to stuff. And then there's always Rager, which is another whole nother animal off to into itself, which for me personally, I think Rager might be a little too intense with my, uh, with my uh, fair skin and red hair and blue eyes. I would be uh, toast in about 20 minutes out there. So I don't know how Steve Guy does it. He's a warrior for not just like melting out there. But, uh, you know, there, it's great that AIW is able to still like not just be, oh, hey, here's a monthly wrestling company. It's like, no, this is, has a theme. Like this has a weekend. This has a meaning. This shows the big battle royal for the title shot for the big show of the summer. And here's our, you know, two day memorial tournament. And here's our show where the whole show is no rules ECW style. You know, and we're going to book some crazy guy and it's going to be, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. So there's, it's just the great overall circus of how exciting, uh, you know, an independent wrestling company can be when it's not just like, oh yeah, here, we're just going to do a show a month and it's going to be a wrestling show and that's it. Like you can tell they really put effort and care and like want to make something that's not just going to be great now, but something that's going to be great when you watch it back on tape 10 years later. All right, Will, what is your favorite show or shows from AEW? Oh, man. Uh, going to make me recite this uh, terrible memory of mine again just to uh, go back and look here. Um, I, I had a really good time at Rager. Uh, that was a lot of fun. That was the, f- the first one I'd ever gone to, obviously. Um, that was really good. Um, the, I'm trying to think, um, was it baby? It's cold outside. Was that Lee, Lee and Alex Shelley? Yeah. That was, uh, that their, one, that one was really good. One. We came up for that. That was really good. Um, the, okay. So this, I'm, I'm trying to dig deep for this one. The, uh, gauntlet for the gold last year. Wasn't that in it? in a in a different venue or a venue that is seldom used uh it was we only i think used it twice and that was the it's like saint john the baptist or yeah, something is that Sh- okay. saint john Bap- baptizo or something like that yeah um that was a really good show i the I didn't care too much for the venue but that was pretty uh that was a pretty good show i really liked um Little Guido's beer bash at that brewery. That, that was a pretty good time, uh, despite how hot it was in there. And uh, <laughs> that's why me and Stacy sat in front of the fan. Yeah, yeah, good call. Um, the show at the Winchester with Session Moth was was a really good time. I think I only went to the Winchester once. I'm trying to remember if there was a second viewing up there or not. Um, but those are just a couple that you know over the course of the past almost three years now, like two and a half that I remember. And obviously, uh, we went, well, not obviously, but we went to a slumber party massacre when we were out in Jersey. So that was, uh, 
incredible show. One of the most uh, talked about shows from that entire weekend, actually. So um, that was really good. It was also really cool to see some of the same people from Cleveland, you know, make that trek out there and, and, and chat it up with them and stuff like that. So, you know, just a couple over the past short amount of time that have kind of stuck with me as a as my failing memory uh, reveals itself. All right, Kenny, what about you? Uh, from the, uh, watching it perspective later, I have to go with charge it from the underhills, which was, uh, December 26, 2014. That's just a crazy show where you watch a match and it was like, oh, that match was really good. And then you see the graphic for the next match coming up and you're like, oh, this match is going to be great. And then it just keeps building and building and building and building to be like, oh, that match is great. Oh, that match is great. Oh, that match is great. So, uh, that's a great one. I'd say that was the, uh, that was the debut of AIW at Mount Carmel. Oh, okay. That was the first time that show that you, okay. That makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. then. I think, uh, Crimson fell on my lap that show or right by me in the crowd. Like he went over the guardrail. Which makes sense because he wrestled Dance for the, uh, intense title or for the absolute title. So yeah, Dance, Tommy Mercer. So that makes a lot of sense. And then after that match, you have the boys from Jollyville and Tim Dons versus Whitmer, Jimmy Jacobs, and Crimson. So I guess that singles match turned into a tag match. And then after that, you've got Chris Hero, Eddie Kingston. After that, you've got Josh Alexander versus Uha Nation, a.k.a. Apollo Crews. And then the the main event is Dudes on TV of Matt Cross and Zima Ion versus Johnny Gargano and Josh Prohibition. So, like, it's just an awesome show all the way around. That's on uh, independent wrestling TV. But then I'd also have to put up uh, Slumber Party Massacre there as well. Like, being from Jersey and being like, yes, I can't wait to see AIW WrestleMania weekend an hour away from my house. Uh, late night at a concert venue. I was like, this is going to be awesome. And it indeed was an awesome show. Charge it to the Underhills also had Tessa Blanchard. Uh, AC3 was supposed to be in that main event match, but uh, got injured within like, I think a couple weeks or so of that show. I can't okay. remember. I can't remember how, but I, I like, I have pictures of that show. Him, his like arm in like a sling. Uh, yeah, I do remember him coming. He was there. He was just in a sling, and I think announced DJZ as his replacement. I want to say because I think yeah, that was supposed to be him and Matt Cross versus M uh, J Pro and Gargano. That would like that would have been an awesome fucking match. And the thing that I remember about that absolute title match that it was yes. Crimson versus Dance because I remember joking at the time that um, the loser had to unblock me on Twitter because at that <laughs> time I was blocked by both of them. That's funny. That's great. Did so, that ever work out or what? Yeah, I'm un- I'm unblocked by both of them. Like uh, I talked to Crimson about it that night, uh, and like we kind of like I don't want to say we squashed it because it was just more or less yeah. Uh, me and some friends talked some shit to his former girlfriend at the time and which who is now you know married to i think still married to davy richards so like i don't give a shit about those two but um like we talked about it and like there's a tweet out there where he because uh my twitter avatar was me in a shredder costume hoodie uh so he called he referred to me in the tweet as fat shredder that's like one of the last oh. tweets he remembered and he, i admit like he didn't remember the 
the shit with his ex, but he remembered the fat twi- the fat shredder thing, and he's unblocked me. And yeah, like and Don's unblocked me a long time ago too. But uh, yeah, good times. I'd f- I forgot like that was the match, and like that was like, as soon as you said it was Donst versus Crimson, I was like, oh yes, it was. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, it's December 2014, so we're going back a little bit, but uh, definitely got a Crimson t-shirt in one of those Don West TNA gift bags where they're, like, blowing out stuff. <laughs> definitely, I, should st- I think I still have it. I should rock it to a show. Just ironically, it'd be a lot of fun. I t- talk about it from time to time. I own, like, over 300 wrestling t-shirts. Not one of them is a TNA-branded shirt. <laughs> ne- like you dodged a bullet never got i have more ring of honor shirts but granted i only have two ring of honor shirts and that's steen and now Danhausen. oh man i hope i hope they hire him i i do too and granted like if they do hire him i don't know if we'll see him in aiw much which well, i mean which is fine but uh dude totally deserves it and whatever happens with him and marty oh, it's gonna be amazing yeah i the first when i went to 200 that was when i you know, met down Danhausen for the first time. I got the Candlehausen and uh, some stickers and stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I drove out from Jersey. This is the first time I've seen you. He's like, oh, you drove from Jersey? I was like, yeah. I was like, I wanted to see the show. I've been following AIW forever. And uh, that was the night before he did his thing in Columbus for them for the first time. So yeah. it's been uh, it's been that long. And to see where, just to see, like, I was a big fan of the production. You know, the Flynn CK director uh you know version and wish that shikara had brought them into trios the last time that they were um in at the eastern pennsylvania building that they that shikara used to run because they would be because the production would be uh perfect foils for all of the heroes that shikara has got going on for them and would be a great fit and then you know the thing where magnum had to retire and then they brought in danhausen to be the third and i was like oh i was like oh this is this is great but in a totally different way and even those three as a trio would be sick at uh you know king of trios and then it turns uh turned out not to not to be but uh i you know i remember even seeing my friend will who lives in buffalo who comes to car shows and I, who i also saw at uh aiw shows before and i was like i would have conversations with will at the wrestle factory like Hey, you know who would be really great at King of Trios? These guys called the production, you know. And now it's just like, hey, you know who would be great to see King of Trios? Like half the AIW roster, <laughs> like you know, to see like a version of AJ Gray or uh, to see Forty Acres in Chikara would be great. To see God, the production yeah. in Chikara would be great. To see a version of No Consequences would be great. To see uh, Bishop and Wes Barkley and anybody else <laughs> as a trio, Brickster uh, in Chikara would be great. Yeah, Brickster, sure. There you go. Load them, load them up, load them up, and send them in from the Midwest to, uh, I guess, Reading, Pennsylvania, which is where they're having where trios was last year. So who knows that? But that's a building they've used forever. But I know it's a crazy sidebar. But all I'm saying is that uh, I want to see more AW talent booked in places where I can see them, like on East Coast Independence. Oh, same goes for can't can't finish this point without saying I want to see Philly C and Marino T everywhere because uh, those guys are awesome. And I got to tell them that when they came with Justice to um, run Ricky Run, the GCW show that happened in February in Atlantic City. 
uh, Justice was on that show and they were, I guess, helping out. And then, uh, I bought a Matt Justice t-shirt from, uh, Philly C Marino T, but told them, told them that I was like, ah, huge AIW fan, love all your stuff, want to see you guys booked everywhere, can't wait to see it happen. Very excited for those guys. Can we talk real quick about all the things that happened at Hey Yo? And we haven't had a match, like, we haven't had anything since, like, uh, the new member of the production, Ziggy. Like, we, and we have yet to see, uh, obviously a four person production with, uh, the three members and her. Um, right. Which would be great. Brickster joining with, uh, Rip City, uh, everything more with, um, Justice and all them. Like, there, there was so much going on like some of the, the debuts that happened because of the new talent initiative there's there was so much yeah like ac mac ac mac is another guy who was going to be have a great breakout year uh you know until it got virused and uh yeah it's just there's uh you know dl hurst is out there yes. friend of the show <laughs> yeah. so i mean they're all they're all out there so uh it's it's just would have been it's so much great stuff i mean you know like going back to Chikara, like Chikara is literally like very super, super, super storyline angle written and they've written everything up to Cybernetico, but they can't have Cybernetico. So it's like, we're, we're just reading the same chapter in the book because we can't get to the next chapter. And then the chapter after that. So soon, soon one day I come. All right, let's move on to the next topic. Will, what has been some of your favorite matches in AIW? Uh, without a doubt, I think the number, the number one that comes to mind, um, is, uh, Dom and Josh from, from, uh, Slumber Party Massacre. I think that was one of the most talked about matches of the entire weekend. Um, the, the couple, a couple matches with, uh, uh, with Bishop and Justice, obviously the one that you referenced earlier, you know, coming off the off the balcony at the Odeon, but they've had a couple other really good ones throughout the year. Uh, you know, obviously you have to mention the uh, the best of three series between Lee and Alex Shelley was incredible. Um, I thought Alex and Trey put on a really good match. Uh, that was at Hey Yo, right? Right before uh, right before everything kind of went away. Or was that the show before? No, that was Hey Yo. Okay, that's what I. So that was really good. Um, and a match that was kind of stands out to me was, uh, was PB smooth and, uh, Tracy Williams when PB won the title heading into, uh, heading into slumber party massacre. I was really happy for him. And obviously, you know, it's well documented that he and I are pretty good friends. So, you know, seeing him get that opportunity was really good. Um, man, those are just the ones that, that instantly came to mind that I, you know, right off the top of my head from just uh, recent memory. You know, if I if I really dug into it and looked at some other stuff, I probably could come up with some others. But uh, those are ones that just like if, if I'm try- if I'm telling somebody about an event or kind of talking about an event, that's that's some of the matches that I was like, hey, you know, here's some of the here's here's some of the stuff they kind of do up there all the time. You know, here's these clips or the, you know, here's these guys going off the balcony or, you know, any, a lot of stuff involving like Nick Gage and, uh, Eric Stevens, Eric Stevens and Eddie Kingston match from earlier this year was, was crazy. So 
when I'm talking to people who haven't been to AIW or I'm trying to convince somebody like to come up with me, um, these are some of the matches and some of the, the guys that I talk about and show them clips of and like, look, man, you, you know, you've seen such and such on TV. Like, nah, this is, this is crazy. You're like, this is, this is better. This is, you know, here's this clip. Look at this guy or, you know, that type of stuff. So those are the matches that, that come to mind for me. If I'm correct, I want to say Lee and Shelly was like all three matches was 200. Um, maybe it's cold outside and built to last because I remember that Alex Shelley and Lee Moriarty weren't in the same match because uh, Shelley came out with Lee's mask on and I w- was watching Lee because he was standing by the AIW gimmick table and like the like the look on his face like granted he was like smiling and laughing at it but like I remember watching that so I know that match did not happen at uh, Hey Yo. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. The a- Alex and Trey was at Hey Oh, Alex and Trey. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah, bad. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the other thing too. Like, I feel like um, Trey Trey hasn't got as much time to shine, but he's a dude that slowly but surely is like coming into his own and is standing out more and more. That's why, like, you know, him and Moriarty getting that GCW shot. How big of a deal it was. And like, granted, I think it was like two different posts. Like one was uh, Trey was posted on Saturday and Lee was posted on Sunday. But when I saw both of them, I was like, that, like that's fucking awesome. Like these two dudes deserve it. And I, I, they had a really good match earlier this year against each other too. So, yeah. Yeah. The, the thing I, with Trey that I'll, I'll mention is if you just watch him going from no consequences to now, like the, it, it has been an evolution. And I think I like no consequence. Uh, no consequence. I like uh, Forty Acres Trey more than No Consequences Trey. And I don't know whether it's like just putting him with PB and AJ Gray. Like that's what's what's helping him get better or what, whatever. Just obviously, as he's been wrestling longer, the better he's going to get. But there's just this there's this thing about him that I think uh, Mouse put it best uh and that's one of the things i like about him when he like when like he's coming he comes out and he's just like peacocking a little bit like like when i think of trey like that's like the moment i think of because when he comes out he's just peacocking like a motherfucker and it's it's that's good because he has like a signature look kind of a signature pose and uh first impressions is huge yeah and uh, uh, you know really a lot of that for him is like he's starting to figure it out you know, and, and a lot of that has to do with expansion, you know, seeing him going to other places and wrestling in so many different places and gathering that experience. Because if you've ever if you've never seen his matches with Myron Reed for, from uh, down here in Unsanctioned Pro, I mean, they they tear the roof off the place and they've had a couple they've had a couple matches and they've both been really, really good. And sometimes you have to get that you know, that exposure and that experience and kind of move around outside of your comfort zone to kind of start figuring that stuff out. Because some people, they, they peak within their promotion. Not that, not that he has, I think he still has plenty obviously to do within AIW, but you know, sometimes you can kind of reach that, that stagnant stage, you know, within your own, within your own backyard. And then you go out and you, you acquire, you know, other knowledge from other places and other competitors and stuff like that. And then you come back and then you turn that into, into championship material within your own, within your own federation. And I think that's kind of 
what he's starting to figure out, you know, branch out more, get this experience and then let that take you to the top of where you're familiar with. All right, Kenny, what is some of your favorite AIW matches? Uh, most recently that I could think of, uh, I really loved the Matthew Justice, um, Eric Stevens match from AIW 200. Uh, it was awesome to see live and it holds up, I think, almost even better on tape afterwards. They were just super, super stiff with each other and just went completely balls to the wall. And this was, you know, before, you know, obviously this was before, uh, you know, a couple months before Mania. So, um, Eric Stevens was sort of like he had the number of bookings on his sheet was getting smaller and smaller towards his uh, retirement that did not happen. But at that point, he was all in on hanging him up and they, he just left it all out there in that match with Justice, uh, from Akron. I remember that being great. The, um, the Wrestle Rave show. That's just another show that I remember being super awesome watching that back on tape from Winchester. Um, you know, obviously, you know, the aforementioned Dom Justice all out war at Slumber Party Massacre. That was insane to experience. Um, you know, seeing, seeing Tracy Smothers, you know, commit double murder, mega mass, mega, mega mass homicide is always funny. Like to see that dude in person to do nutty stuff and all of his stuff with Swaggle and with Cabana and Kikutaro and all that stuff is crazy. I love all of that. So it's, uh, it's a lot of them. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention, uh, the two beefy boys, uh, Daisuke Sekimoto and, uh, Kyle the Beast, uh, who apparently lives in the woods somewhere in the New Jersey somewhere, apparently. Heard he's a big disc golfer. But anyway, uh, those guys had a hell of a contest that I highly recommend people checking that out. Very intense matchup. Whenever I think of uh, Sakimoto and KTB, I think of them chopping each other and then the light of the uh, of the venue just capturing the sweat just bouncing off their chest is something that I've, I've never experienced at least with a lot of these other venues because of how the lighting you wouldn't see that at Mount Carmel you wouldn't see that Turner's Hall even with how great the lighting is at at the Odeon it was just this perfect lighting that did it at uh, at the Winchester that whenever I think of that match, that's the image that pops in my head. It came across on camera like mist. Yeah. It would be, you could, you could literally see the mist coming off the guy's chest as they slap each other. It's intense to say the least. All right. Well, what has been some of your favorite moments in AIW? Uh, I think some of those same moments come from some of those same matches. I know it's kind of a cop out answer, but um, you know, the the match between uh between Bishop and and Dom at Slumber Party. It's like just those just those moments, you know, seeing seeing Dom go to that hardcore level and stuff like that. Um, the the match that uh that was previously mentioned um with uh session moth and eddie 
you know, just doing wild stuff like that. Um, the the match with um, with Faye Jackson and uh, big, Tuan. Yeah, big, with Big Tuan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Tuan. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that, that was, was insane. so great. Yeah. So, you know, stuff like that. Um, and obviously the balcony spot, you know, that was talked about throughout all independent wrestling circles for weeks. And, you know, people kind of talked about that for, for a really long time. So just, just moments from matches that, that, that I've kind of already mentioned, but just that's kind of what makes those matches stick with you is, is the moments from them. And, you know, not, not specifically talking about every single moment, but just, you know, there are moments and matches that kind of stick with you longer than others. And they kind of help those matches elevate above others. And then you kind of, remember those you remember them hand in hand you know you remember this great match because of this moment but you remember this moment because of this really good match if that makes sense when you mentioned Faye jackson it's like you think of one of two matches last year you either think of versus big twan tucker which had a bunch of crazy moments or you think of the tag match her and ally Alley versus the yeah, production absolutely Just, that was insane so much fun there's been so many uh, pairings with Ali Cat lately, one way or another. I'm like, like this is the tag team I want to see. Like, I want to see Ali and Faymore. They've never tagged, but I've watched a match that they did. I want to see uh, Ali and Ziggy together. I think that could be a really fun tag team. But um, Faye, Faye's awesome. I, I absolutely love her. And yeah, it's last year, just in general, the the whole match with Big Twan Tucker, uh, the the lead up to the match with Big Twan Tucker. And then the moments after the match with Big Twan Tucker when she kisses him was fantastic. And the fact that uh, some of those Big Twan Tucker moments have been turned into shirts. Especially, which granted, it wasn't that match. Uh, it was, the I think, the one, or was it that match? Or the one with uh, AK where Faye was twerking on him. I think it was that one. Okay. I, I need to buy that shirt. As soon as I see it, I was like, oh my god, that's so hilarious i just haven't haven't bought it yet i believe that's on faye johnson faye, faye jackson's big cartel i believe it is yeah but uh yeah that whole that whole thing was completely absurd so much fun and just such a just like the only place that's gonna happen is aiw what are some of your favorite moments uh let's see uh i loved uh absolution 12 being in the crowd for the 10 bell salute to biggins and crying like a baby. And then 10 minutes later, the Duke coming out to everybody to just be like, okay, now we're going to boo the crap out of the Duke. And then, you know, Dom, him and Dom having that, having a crazy match. Uh, and then later in the night, Ethan Page having a crazy match with, uh, Sean Schultz you know, in a, what was a bull rope match or something. And, you know, they completely went all out, which was crazy. And also on that show, very underrated, the, uh, Britt Baker swoggle lumberjack match. That was, uh, pretty, uh, that was excellent as well. Those are some of my favorites, at least from that show moment wise. Uh, you also got to say that the Missy Hyatt wedding to Dick justice, that's uh, completely absurd, and again, only gonna ever happen in a place like AIW. Seeing uh, seeing the Duke get beat up—that's a lot of fun. 
those mo- those the, all those moments are a lot of fun. Him him taking some razor sharp uh, knife edges from Ricky the Dragon Steamboat was a lot of fun to see. And that uh, lumberjack match was the official debut of Mance Warner. That's right. Yeah, Easter egg. He's out there. Uh, he's out there doing it. I know Kobe Durst is out there too. There was that was the same day as the Arn Anderson seminar. So a lot of people came in for the Arn Anderson seminar and then ended up being lumberjacks. So that was uh, that was a lot of fun. I think the funny thing about Vance Warner is he had two appearances in AIW before his first match against Dominic Greeny, which was that, and he was one of the judges, supposed to be one of the judges of Dominic Greeny versus uh, Andy Williams. When when did that match happen? It didn't official. Like uh, oh. maybe maybe the maybe the bell rang because it, it ended up turning into a tag match versus I want to say Doctor Dan and Brian Carson at WrestleRager Two. Okay, I will have to take a look at that later because I remember being kind of excited to see Andy Williams wrestle because I always heard uh, good things about him. I'm not really a fan of his band, but uh, just the fact that this dude who who is in this band freaking wrestles and everything i mean now uh you know butchering the blade such a, a big deal but this was i think fairly early on with him yeah yeah perennial favorite kurt hertz is on that show <laughs> i want to say that might have been and, the last appearance from kurt hertz and uh match we would be reminiscent if we didn't uh main mention the main event uh tim Dons versus danny havoc rest in peace uh, I'm sure they went all out at a Wrestle Rager show and gave the people exactly what they wanted to see there. When I think of Danny Havoc, that's the match I think of because that was supposed to be, uh, or that was, you know, his AIW send off that I know he was supposed to retire after that. I know he came back like at least once or twice, but, uh, yeah, that, that's the match. That's the night I think of. And there was this stipulation that if Danny Havoc won, that there was going to be a death match tournament for the title. So you actually had <laughs> a pocket of AIW fans sure. kind of wanting Danny Havoc to win so they would get a death match tournament for the title. That's so great. And when Dons won, I went, LOL, Dons wins. Sure. Right. Because, yeah, Thorne's not doing a death match tournament. He's just not. That's <laughs> just not his style. Uh, he'll throw in the, you know, a match or two here or there, but a whole tournament of that stuff. That's yeah. That's, that's not Thorne's cup of tea or, uh, that's not Thorne's a uh, bowl of chicken soup. Let's put it that way. All right. On to one of the final questions. Will, who has been some of your favorite special guests at AIW? Oh man. Special guest. Uh, I guess, are we talking like, Give me a little bit more what you mean, like like when Scott Hall was there type of thing or. Yeah, mainly it's a lot of those type of guests. But then again, uh, for example, like a guy like Marco Stunt kind of was a special guest, but he wasn't necessarily the big meet and greet guest like uh, Scott Hall, Kevin Ash, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I don't know. To be honest, I don't get into that whole like Scott Hall was my favorite wrestler of all time when I was when I was growing up you know when he was razor ramon and then went into his nwo days but like i didn't even take part in the meet and greet and i kind of feel like weird about that still to this day um you know and there's been some other ones i know like uh million dollar man and kevin nash and uh but i just don't i don't i don't really get into that and i don't want to i don't want to talk 
negatively about it, but I just don't, it's just something that's not for me in a way. Like I, I just have mixed feelings about it in general. So it's not, it's never something that I'm like, Hey, they're having so-and-so up there this weekend. We should go because I just don't get into that whole, I don't get into that whole aspect of it. Um, especially from like a meet and greet standpoint, you know, I, I kind of grew out of autographs and stuff a couple years ago and it's just like, you know, here and there, or maybe like current, current wrestling guys that I, you know, maybe get an eight by 10 and put it in my collection or something like that. But yeah, special guests really just never have been like a draw for me. It's never really been a thing where I'm like, oh yeah, I got to go. They're bringing in, you know, so-and-so to do this meet and greet or whatever. Um, so, you know, and I, and I, and I don't want to get, I don't want to get too deep into like the, the negative aspect of it for me, but, um, you know, I'm more focused on the guys that are there working and stuff like that. And that's what I come for. So, uh, as, and as far as like actual in ring guest, I mean, that's, that's probably more like when session moth was there, I guess that's kind of like a special guest. Um, I know, uh, I think Shaza had plans of being there and, uh, the summer as well. So, Stuff like that, I kind of get more into, you know, people who are like still currently wrestling, but they're not really doing a lot of dates and stuff like that. But they come in and then they'll like actually get involved or do a match, you know, that that kind of stuff I'm more into. Um, so those are those are two that come to mind, you know, right off the bat that fit that mold for me, I guess. All right, Kenny, who's uh, some of your favorite special guests? I'm going back through the time of me watching it, I gotta have to say, like, Terry Funk coming in and having that match with Kingston and the Duke was great. Um, Dom getting that match with Zack Sabre Jr. is pretty cool. Um, that's sort of, you know, being familiar with Dom a little bit and then seeing that match really, like, put him on the map afterwards was a lot, was really cool. Um, you know, uh, Two Call Scorpio, like, when he can still come in and wrestle is awesome. Uh, Grado, you know, Kiku Taro. Uh, it was pretty funny when, um, what was it? La Parker Jr. came out to, uh, enter Sandman when, uh, for that hell on earth. And he was like, to play his music. Oh, uh, yeah, enter Sandman. And like the crowd was confused and it's just like Mini La Parker comes out. And I thought that was pretty funny. I think it's awesome that, uh, Harley Race did an appearance, one of his last ones before he passed with AIW. I think that's awesome. And uh, when I met Arn Anderson, he did not tell me what his go-to order from Applebee's was. I thought he was going to be like, oh, well, you know, I go with uh, this bowl of soup and uh, then I get some grilled chicken or something. I was I was really hoping I was going to be able to hear what uh, Arn Anderson's go-to is at Applebee's. But says he doesn't eat there, apparently. So there's the scoop on that. Well, I was going to say, if he did eat there, all you got to do is go to his house, knock on his door, wake him up, have him, oh. uh, have him sign an NWA belt, and then ask him because, I mean, you're already there. So Un- Unbelievable. Like, he was kind of, not like laughing or anything, like he was kind of stiff with me when he was like, eh, I don't need Applebee's, you know, and that was kind of it. So I can't imagine that like in a, in a normal meet and greet setting, he was like, yeah, I don't need an Applebee's. Like, I can't even imagine having the stones to walk up to Arn Anderson's house and asking him to sign a title belt. Like, that's just next level insane to me. 
All right. There's uh, one more to go. Will, what, uh, do you have any AIW suggestions on IWTV for people to watch? I mean, can I cop out and say all of it? <laughs> uh, you know, it it's really tough. Like I said earlier, I mean, there's never, I, I've never been up there and come back home and been like, ah, oh, that was a waste of time or that was, you know, that wasn't what I thought it was going to be kind of thing. So for me, you know, it really is, it really is all of them. I mean, as much of it as you can consume, uh, it's all great. I've, I've not, like I said, I've not seen a show where I'm like, eh, I probably wouldn't watch that again kind of thing. So, uh, anything in the past two years. And if you, I mean, if you go back, even some of the stuff that you guys have been talking about, but I'm also looking up, you know, some, some other shows here while we're talking. And, and if you go back four, five, six, seven years ago, I mean, that anyone you can think of has come through there. So, you know, if there's somebody that you that you like now that's in AIW, WWE, NXT, you'll go back and look. Chances are they came through there and chances are they, they probably had a really good match. And you can look some of that stuff up, go back and watch it and see. I mean, I've, that, that's something I've kind of wanted to do is go back and watch some of the older stuff that I, you know, that I haven't seen. But I also really enjoy that a lot of it streams live now for the shows that I can't make it up there for. Um, so I always make sure that I'm watching them or, you know, when they were, uh, on fight TV, you know, we ordered them as well. So stuff like that. Um, but yeah, man, like as much as you can consume, I, I recommend all of it. There's not anyone I would tell you to not watch. All right, Kenny, what about you? I mean, a lot of the shows we talked about throughout all of this, uh, I mean, people could take notes. I would say definitely check out charge it to the underhills. And Hell on Earth, Hell on Earth Ten, and then Charge to the Underhills. Those are two great shows. Uh, definitely go back and watch Will's first show. Um, uh, I think we might have a dilemma. Uh, there was Johnny Gargano's Farewell, which is September twenty third, twenty sixteen. There was a mentor show after that, Jeff Cobb versus Ray Rowe, Season of the Witch. Um, anything with Kaplan on it. Uh, it's a shame he doesn't come around more often, but, uh, his matches are, uh, can't miss for me. Um, who else? Oh, we got Big Trouble in Little Cleveland. Terry Funk. Um, so don't sleep on that. We got a nice Eddie Kingston, Josh Prohibition match, followed up by Johnny Gargano versus the Amazing Red. So that's another good one to check out. Big Trouble in Little Cleveland. Terry Funk's on it. Can't go wrong with Terry Funk. Oh, I'm still sad that I showed up very late to that show and did not have get a picture or anything with Terry Funk. I met him for like two seconds, but that was it. Sometimes those are, sometimes those are the, uh, the, the better interactions anyway. You know, sometimes that happens. Like, uh, if I went to a show at the Odeon, I probably would not have walked past Alex Shelley on the way to the bathroom for him to be able to compliment me on my wrestling society X t-shirt that we would then have like a 15 minute conversation about like, during the middle of the show the way we could at uh, Akron because it's just a looser vibe venue-wise. You know, sometimes that just happens. But, uh, you know, it's uh, it's always cool and it's always fun and uh, we're definitely all, I can say, looking forward to when AIW is able to get back together, put on a show safely and positively for everybody involved so uh, we can we can shoot independent wrestling back into our veins one more time. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, start to wrap this show up. Any final thoughts or last minute plugs before we go? Will? Uh, I don't know that I have any plugs per se. Um, I guess last minute thoughts are that it's crazy to see, you know, I'm looking through a list of all the shows and just even hearing you guys talk, it's like some, so many people have come through there and wrestled there. And it's just, it, I mean, it's amazing. It's, it's a huge testament to them and, and what kind of shows they put on that they've been able to have, you know, the who's who of wrestling come through there and perform for them and their fans. And it's, I mean, it's incredible. It's, you can't, you can't say enough about some of these people who have come through there. So it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, and yeah, I, I really look forward to what, you know, what it's going to be like when we come back to independent wrestling. It, I mean, we, we got to face reality. It's going to be way different than it was for a while. And it's going to be interesting to see how that affects, you know, not only attending shows, but building shows, putting shows together, the cards, the the venues. I mean, it's going to be a while before we get back to what we were used to, if we ever even do. And that's, that's kind of the part that's interesting from here on out is just to see what's next. What do we do? What do we do next as a, as a community drive through wrestling shows? Isn't someone doing that? I thought I, I thought I read someone is doing that. Yeah. There's, um, uh, ICW New York okay, who prides right. themselves. They pride themselves on doing hardcore shows, but they can't do hardcore shows because of the New York State Athletic Commission. So they right. do their shows in Jersey. <laughs> so ICW New York, aka ICW New Jersey, um, found a parking lot in Atlantic City within which to do drive-through, drive-in. I should say. I keep saying drive-through, drive-in wrestling matches. So uh, I would imagine it's only going to be like maybe two to three rows of maybe, maybe 10 cars a piece. I mean, if it's 50, if it's, if they're capping it at 50 cars, you know, cause of the uh, arrangement of the area, you can only sort of see, uh, you know, whatever they can or whatever. So I would imagine it's a, you know, it's a finite amount of space where you can fit a finite amount of cars. So it'll be spread out, but who knows? Uh, we've brought our binoculars. Let's put it that way. Uh, it's going to be weird, but, and just even, to say your, to your point, Will, about the talent, that extends, also extends to the women's shows, the, all of the girls' night out stuff. If you go back and go through the roster of anybody who was on a girls' night out show, uh, pretty good chance that she was either, con- uh, the talent was either currently contracted somewhere or will be contracted somewhere soon, uh, or isn't even in the business anymore. So it's like, uh, you talk about a who's who of talent that extends to the women just as much as it does to the men. Uh, and there's a few of those up on IWTV, so they're definitely worth checking out as well. Will, when is the co-host wrestling show coming back? Uh, maybe never. Um, I, I put it on hiatus. I, I've been going back to school for quite some time now. Um, there were some semesters where, that were getting, getting a little a little bit harder to deal with than others. So I kind of, uh, took a break from it, put it on the back burner and I, I focused on school. I'm, I'm in the last semester now. Um, but honestly, you know, since February, I've really just been, man, I've really just been out of it in terms of, of 
independent wrestling or just engaging with people about wrestling in general. Um, I'll catch NXT, AIW stuff or AEW stuff here and there, but just kind of been like not defeated in a way, but just like just crushed. I mean, there was so much stuff, so much good stuff. You know, we were supposed to go to Tampa and all the all the independent wrestling that was going to happen down there was was going to be really good. Um, we were going to go to, uh, you know, tournament of survival out in Atlantic city again, like we did last year and reconnect with some friends that we have out that way. So that was kind of a big thing that we were looking forward to. Uh, we were going to go to the GCW shows in the United Kingdom in August. You know, we have airfare and everything booked for that. And looks like that's probably not going to happen. So, you know, I told you we could do a whole episode on just stuff that was that was canceled and, and, and crushed. Uh, you can throw you can throw the podcast in there with it because I just not been interested or motivated to really you to really talk wrestling. And I, I was kind of glad that you asked me to come on because it's the first time I've talked wrestling with anybody in months because it's just been like, just, there's nothing to talk, you know, there's nothing to say, you know, there were so many people and, and we mentioned a lot of them earlier in this episode that were poised for breakout years this year. We're talking like life changing years, like years that we're going to put them in, in the eyes of a lot of people who had never seen them. And a lot of people who, you know, can make some of their dreams come true that simply just, it just didn't happen. And, and quite frankly, probably won't happen, you know, this year. Uh, sure, those opportunities will probably still come to those people because they are extremely talented, but they're maybe not the same way, maybe not the same magnitude that they, that they previous were, previously were. And that's, uh, that's been a, you know, that's obviously a lot for them to deal with. Um, but it's been a lot for everybody to deal with. So it's, it's been crazy. Um, you know, maybe one day, uh, I did, I did kind of, I, I wanted to congratulate you. I saw that, you know, uh, you've been putting together some interviews with some people that I know that you've really been, been wanting to get a hold of. And, uh, a, a lot of that stuff's been really good and I'm, I'm glad that you've uh that you've been able to reach out to some of those people and, and get some of that stuff done i remember uh talking to the struggles before about that type of thing you know how do you get guys x y and z you know high profile guests and stuff like that and it's like just got to do it just shoot your shot and see what happens and uh that's kind of where i went with it and that's obviously you've you've taken that on as well so want to congratulate you on that for sure thank you thank you uh i have a like open conversation with uh the struggles all the time on like just things going on obviously like me having the roadcaster and him switching over like late last year with it or maybe even as early this year so like there's so much that we talk about like yeah booking people for interviews is tough i've uh, I've lately been, uh, I was actually ghosted by kind of a wrestler who just kind of stopped responding, which fine, whatever. Mm-hmm. I've had, uh, people who I'd figure would respond, not respond. And I've had people that, uh, I figured I kind of gave up on and maybe I, I threw one more shot at them. And, uh, I can actually, I can say it because of, he came on the show, but like Eric Stevens, uh, the last email I had sent to him was right before a lot of this shit blew up, uh, with COVID. And I was like, it was in the middle of April. I was like, you know what? Uh, lots changed. I'll throw out one more at him. And then ball went kind of rolling. And then he hit, hit me up one day. He was like, uh, could you record this Saturday at 730? And I like cleared my schedule. 
to make sure I could fit him in, which was just bumping Lee, Lee Moriarty a half hour, which he was fine with, but he said, he said, tell him I said he's a hoe. <laughs> those were both great shows, Justin. I really enjoyed both of your interviews with those cats. Thank you. Thank you. The, just those four episodes, just one whole day recording. Um, so much fun, especially with like, you know, Eric and Lee both. Um, okay. Kenny, um, how about you? Any uh, final thoughts or last minute plugs before we go? Uh, you can follow me at Kenny P drums with a Z. Uh, you can follow most of my wrestling takes and uh, the music I make with the mystery men at the mystery men on Twitter. Um, support AIW any way you possibly can be it through uh, subscribing to IWTV or following them on Twitter and just retweeting, retweeting clips or, uh, telling your friends and other places where you talk about pro wrestling, how rad AIW is because more people need to see it and get into it and make it grow and be bigger so that they can put on bigger and better shows. And, uh, Ray Phoenix, I'm coming for you. You owe John Thorne $600, brother. It's time for you to pay up Mr. National TV superstar. Yeah, go to an a- AEW show for a sign for him and go to a softball game for a sign for, uh, Sid. For sure. I had, listen, I had, you know, AIW Philly and, uh, Philly and Newark, New Jersey were both, uh, wiped from the calendar once. They just moved, uh, the Newark date again and they're probably going to announce the moving of the Philadelphia date within the next couple of weeks. Um, oh yeah. And, uh, hockey playoffs are starting soon. So let's go Flyers. What up? This is our year. This is our year to win the cup. Let's do it. Let's go Flyers. I have no hockey allegiance whatsoever. (laughs) Uh, I did see uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets when they came to Philly because it's a cheap ticket and uh, Flyers won. So it's all good. No comment. (laughs) (laughs) When I did follow hockey, I somewhat chose the Blackhawks uh, only because I had kind of a a Chicago bias, but my Chicago bias kind of went out the window after the World Series. I'm still a fan of the Bears, but that's it. I was kind of a fan of the Blackhawks. That's gone. And I was, ironically, kind of a fan of the Cubs because they were just as bad as the Indians with their history. And then after that World Series, I'm like, nah, I'm done. Screw you guys. All right. Um, you can find myself at Heavyset330 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Much like you can find this show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, twitter.com slash wrestling cheers, and instagram.com slash wrestling cheers. Email, if you so choose, desire wrestling cheers at gmail.com. And we have the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Like I said before, please rate, review, and subscribe or ever listen to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, wrestling cheers.podbean.com. Check out our friends on the Trending Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside, Your Vision Showcase, and Wrestling with Altitude. Check out our other podcast friends, such as Let the Hate Flow Through You, Pod Van Dam, Super Fantastic Podcast, It's Evolution Baby, Kick Out at Two, Wrestling Nerds Radio Network featuring the Indie Cast and This Makes No Sense, Center of the Universe, Sobros Network, The Game Marks Podcast, Spotlight Series, IWTV, and At Odds with Wrestling. Check out our other non-podcast friends such as Thrift Store Jobber, The Stavis Stash, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, Sickening Pictures, Good Company, Stay Tough, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, Wrestle Void, 
Midwest Territory, Southern Underground Pro, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, even if you don't live in Northeast Ohio. Later.